So tonight, uh, you know, I thought I'd spend some good uh, father-son time. We walked around. I don't. I, do they call it pokey walking, where you walk around and you do your Pokemon, your Pokemon stuff? Is that uh, is oh, that something your I, kids I, I, still do? Are they into the Pokemon? No, nope. my, not not they, so much anymore. Yeah, mine briefly played it. Um, you like talking Pokemon Go and sure, sure. Now, now, more importantly, the question I want to ask has to do with uh, identity access and management, and that is <laughs> so. Of course. Like, we don't really play Pokemon that often, and whenever I play it, like, I, I have to log in. And I don't know what they're doing over there in the Pokemon Go Incorporated, but they've they've managed to somehow do a login on the iPhone that doesn't work with one password. It, like, I don't Oof. know what they're, what they're doing. Yeah. In fact, it, what it does is it opens up a UI, it opens up their thing, their login, and then there's a little box above the keyboard that you type your stuff in. So I'm not sure if they're just, like, using Flash or air or something or i don't know what's going on but like it's bizarre but that's fine but then i noticed that you can do that um now would you call this a single sign-on but you can do some kind of single sign-on with either google facebook or apple Uh, Mm -hmm. and so i looked up my password you know which is easy to do because i use a password manager uh and uh i put it in there and uh, and I logged in, and then I was you know collecting the the mimes and the the the, the jigglypuffs or or whatever is in there. They're always like you know I think the the way that you draw a combo with the Pokemon character is you have a regular character from real life or mythology, and you're like, what if we just really gave it one fucked up feature, <laughs> right? And then you got a Pokemon on your hands, uh, and and like for example, there's a pelican, and then it's got these big big gigantic hands that look like you know when uh, roger rabbit went underneath a steam or something. <laughs> they've got like a uh, mr potato head set and they just like okay throw a pelican in there sh- shake out the contents of the box and see what lands exactly oh, arms I've, now i mean i think they're using that ai stuff nowadays to come up with. Oh, I, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised that, that would be a good prompt is to write in like you know picture of next 500 pokemon and, uh, <laughs> see, see, what it, see what it comes out with anyways so then I was playing it, and then, you know, I had a, a break where I'm sure I was supposed to be collecting some Pokeballs to, so my son could take them from me or whatever. Uh, but I decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to authenticate it with the Apple login. Uh, and, of course, you got the option where you don't have to share your email address. And I've started doing this, I realized. It's just like whenever I sign up for a new account, if it lets me use the Apple one, I'm just like, sure, whatever. And I just use that. And, like, it's super easy. And, uh, like, is this... Is this a bad idea or a good idea? Am I going to get hacked? What uh, What's the story with this? Well, my my general rule is always do the email based authentication, right? Because that way you you kind of you own it, you own the password, you own the, the whole yeah. thing there. So it's like because you just you know probably Apple's the best, right? But ultimately you're just introducing you know they're going to be now in the middle of your authentication event. So if mm. you in that site have a problem, right? They're just like, you know what I mean? You just kind of a whole nother party involved. And then of course, you right. know, while Apple I think is very trusted, you know, you just, you just don't know, right? You don't know um, exactly you how they're managing them. that stuff. You, you can, can revoke Sorry. their access too, right? You can, yeah, no, you can, but you yeah. just got to manage all that, right? You got to decide, like if you revoke the access, then like, can you create, do you have to create a new account? Can you recover your old account? Yeah, right? That yeah. whole thing becomes yeah. a whole process. And then of course, like, you know, you're already using, like, you're already using a password manager, so I don't see the value. Like, you know, it'd be different. Oh, it's like, just, it, it just, it just removes one little step when you create yeah. an account, right? Like, yeah. so when you create it, like, I've got to, you know, you got to have an email and then, like, I, I guess I've finally trusted that one password, I get confused about who's suggesting a new password to me, if it's, like, Apple or one password. Oh, yeah. well, you got to turn yeah. off. You got to go one or the other and turn off the one that you're not using. Okay, like if okay. You, if you're, Probably the Apple one, right? Yeah. You got to turn yeah, that off. Because then you are. You're in some kind of password, you know, genie It's just very right? confusing. And, yes. Yeah, don't, yeah, turn <laughs> off the Apple one. Say never. You can go into settings, preferences, rather, and just say no. Never okay, offer passwords. Okay. Yeah, okay. And and then that would that would more or less solve the problem. And then it's just this one app this Pokemon Go app that doesn't uh, really respect the way that computers work. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's ever said that about Nintendo. But you run into, like, I'm always amazed. You'll run into sites where they clearly have gone out of their way 
to prevent a password manager from working in the name of security, yes. like cut and paste passwords and things like that. And it's just like, I don't know. I almost feel like there should be like another option of like, listen, let, let me, um, let me prove to you I'm good with passwords. And like, I want you to get out of the way. Right. Like, you yes. know, I'm not, um, you're making it more difficult for me and I'm trying to use a good password, but I don't know. It's, yeah, maybe it's hopefully pass keys, right. will uh, eventually alleviate all of so, this. So, so, I mean, a passkey, is that just Apple saying, you know, they're managing the relationship for you? How is that different? Well, this is the whole, I mean, this is all, it's the, you know, it's Apple. It's basically all the major browsers essentially supporting it, right? So saying that like, yeah, so eventually you're going to basically get a token, right? Generated and it has to be saved somewhere. So you have to decide where you're going to save it. But ultimately all the browsers will support it. So now you're going to get out of the habit of having to like even know, right? It'll just sort of like I see for you. Okay. So. But of course, like everybody, like, I guess I'm on um, the latest version of Mac OS. So it's just, I don't know, we're still at the beginnings of like, is it going to work, right? I mean, I've been on it and I know Passkeys is out there, but I haven't, I haven't moved anything over yet. So we'll see. Well, I don't know. We'll just have to see if it works. I still right? haven't I mean, moved my family to, to password managers yet. So. <laughs> well, maybe if you wait long enough, maybe you just go forget about it and just go to Passkeys. Like try to get them all on Passkeys. Exactly. Now, now let me, I, I like, like to check on this and every now and then, but the reason to use one password instead of uh, the Apple keychain. Well, one, because the Apple, what well, the Apple keychain is all on Apple, right? Like I, I, right. But which is for me a moot point. Like I, I don't, doesn't matter. Right. Like, but uh, you're about the default lifestyle. That's right. That's right. But the other thing is I believe in the Apple keychain, it like only stores credentials. You can't just store like other stuff. Like, you know, true. I've got, true, I've got yeah. like credit cards. I don't know if this is a infosec problem here, but you I know, think they're in there. I'll store like store like credit cards, passports, all that kind of shit in there, so that you know when I need to use. That's it. all in your digital wallet. But is that is that in? Uh, well, that's not in the Apple Keychain thing, right? Only one. It got to be related, so. right? Uh, it, I don't think it so. seems like it's part of your Apple account. Huh. I don't know. No, I pull no, no. Up I my, in my case digital of wallet. Apple, I think what you end up with is passwords and i think what you're saying is right mostly it's passwords and in, in like ssh keys and stuff in the keychain right but then apple does right. offer other ways like you know your wallet to so store other information like credit cards right so it's like that would yeah be that's true so you could do so, the credit cards and but then, yeah. then i guess i guess you could also use like secure notes to store right. all this other stuff but it's just kind of it's nice that it's built into like one password like for example if you have an address in there, you can go into one password and you click on it. And it's like copy zip code, yeah, copy address too. Like it's, it's Ooh, very... wait, wait, wait. So, so one password's gotten into contact management too. Oh, it's got everything, man. It's great. Like Are it's got so, social security numbers. <laughs> yeah, well, also yeah. too, like you say, like you know, you. I mean, not that you, not that this is uh, necessarily top of mind, but like you know, like we software defined talk, of course. Like we uh, we share some passwords, and it's nice because it's all in one password. It makes it easy. That's another feature Apple doesn't have yet. So, oh yeah, so we have to like, be in the we, same family, right? And it's like that's all you know. That's that's a non-starter. I don't think we definitely don't want to commingle the families. That would be the end of software defined talk. You know, uh, Kim already gets bugged out that when we log into our bank account, we see the software defined talk one. <laughs> so that's, you know, always an issue. Well, you know, so you, you kind of alluded to this, Matt Rage. I just want to mention briefly that there's a uh, there's a new there's a new white knight on the playing field of uh, collaboration, mm. email and calendaring. And that is Zoom. They they uh, they're coming out with Zmail, which I don't I don't think anyone should confuse with Zmodem, which I think was the best way to transfer files. Uh, but Zmail maybe uses the Zmodem protocol. Was, was that a protocol or was that what were those things called? Schemes. I, I think it was a protocol. A protocol. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, <laughs> so like uh, I, I I haven't really dug into this, nor have I been offered a pre briefing, but I I think. I think it kind of goes without saying that if, if, if anyone out there wants to try to solve email and calendaring, I, I welcome their efforts. They should just go for it and see what they come up with, especially calendaring. And I think, uh, you know, there's a good, I, I can see the strategy meetings now, right? Like you've got a great attach plan. Like basically anyone who's using Zoom is probably coming directly from a calendar invite or an email. Not, you know, m m most of the people are probably doing it. So, uh, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. th this could work out great. We'll we'll All see what coming happens. coming together. Yeah. Now that said, I think it it, do, it does remind me of 
sort of uh, weird efforts or efforts that went weird in the past. Like I always, I still am in in mildly shocked or not shocked is the, the weird reason, but I'm still like just befuddled that like, that whole video conferencing thing in Slack didn't work out. Like, it just seems like oh, the... it seems like a natural thing. And it's still there. It seems like a natural thing that you would do is like, it's just like, why not click here and start having a video call instead? And I don't well, know, they, maybe, they, maybe it's was, because was it... people don't want to have video calls. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the, it was, the company was Screen Hero, I think. And Zoom bought them and like sat on it for like a year. And then they slowly rolled out and it into their apps and it's like i've used it once or twice inside of zoom but it's like i mean inside of slack but uh zoom is just better integrated into slack yeah you know, it, it's well someone on the uh, chat's pointing out here that one of the limitations on the, on the slack side is just like if not everyone's in the slack that you want on the video then it just you can't invite them right well so yeah not, that too it's right. not yeah. easy. so yeah. so you kind of default back to like like if most of your yeah. meetings are going to be in Zoom or Teams or something else, you probably continue to use that versus like, oh, never. Teams. This group I meet with in Slack, and this group I meet with in whatever. I think, Zoom. yeah, you know, I, I think, I think maybe you're hitting on something. Is, is like in this space, may, maybe there's a theory or, or model, so to speak, here as well. In this space, most of what you're doing is pretty much like commodity, so it's all about like ease of use and defaults and doing stuff, right? Like I almost feel there like was some point in the past couple of years where like every time I created a meeting, it would try to insert like a teams meeting in there. And like, I had to actively fight my email client to like remove that and have it not do that. And like, if I could not have removed that, I bet the whole company would just be using teams. Cause they would just be like, yeah, I don't know. I got other shit to do. Right. And like, so, which is to say like in Slack, if it really, I guess it is pretty easy to be like, you know, slash zoom me or something. I forget mm-hmm, what the command mm-hmm. is. And so maybe, maybe if there was some button that was like, you know, the meeting button and it would like create a brand new channel, invite people to it, set up a call. And like within like 20 seconds, you could have a whole thing going. Then, uh, you know, maybe that would be nice. But instead, it seems like it's not uh, that that kind of workflow is, is not involved there. I think once again, armchair strategist, we've, we've solved the problem, uh, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> well done. Well, speaking of armchair strategy. Uh, well, first of all, if, if there's people working on their, uh, their cloud strategy out there, there's a new magic quadrant out. And as, as always, the, especially with this one, since there's only like seven people in it, uh, I think the three people who are in the leader quadrant, uh, you can go get the report for free if you legion themselves from it. I got it thanks to Google. I don't remember why, uh, but, but I read through it and it looks like, uh, I went through at some point, and I know you're not supposed to do this, but I drew a, a line from the, a mental line, not a real line, from the lower uh, left to the upper right. And I kind of eyeballed the ranking. And, and the ranking is pretty much what you would expect. It's a big, big shocker there. Now, I think there, there was some, some commentary in there, you know, uh, but I think the part that, I, that stood out to me most, that was most interesting, because, you know, we're always wondering, what's the deal with Google Cloud, right? Like, uh, it's Google. So what's going on here? And I think there was like a little bit of like uh, commentary from the, the Gartner people about how there might be some, uh, I don't know, some goofiness going on in Google Cloud. But then if you read the rest of their comments, they're basically like they got they have they've long had their act together. Things are looking good. So so uh, well, they, they, they got to nitpick at something. Right. Yeah, ex- exactly. You always that, that is they're like we must have an excuse for why they can't move out a third. That that would be that would be pretty awesome if you started seeing an analyst reports, especially Magic Quadrants. It would be like you know they would I don't do they do a SWAT in a they don't do a SWAT in a Magic Quadrant, no. right, Brandon? Like no, yeah, yeah. So you know, let's just say goods and bads, and the bad was just like none. Next one, <laughs> we have no well, excuse for why they're I, not not excelling. Well, I think the bad, that's kind of interesting. Like the ones, the bads they called out, except for the Google one, the Google one was odd. The the bad for the AWS is just, again, it's just a classic, take the strength, make the weakness. The strength is that Uh like, well, AWS is the leader. They are the least incentivized to like worry about multi-cloud. So therefore flip it around and be like, well, their weakness is they're not focused (laughs) in on multi-cloud and they have, um, you know, despite the quote unquote customers wanting it. And it's like, yeah, totally makes sense. And it's like very predictable. Um, the strategic confusion, I think you could apply that to Google in the sense of, and I think, um, 
they kind of did this when they called out financial losses, right? That was the one for GCP that made sense. And it was like, the comment was, quote, uh, despite its revenue gains, GCP is the only SIPs provider with significant market share that continues to currently operate at a large financial loss. And that make, and then they go on to say that, you know, in a, you know, with Google's advertising margin, that's, you know, that's, that's definitely a weakness. And that, okay, that makes sense to me, right? That's sort of like, okay, I get it. We all knew that, but like you're stating it, but the strategic confusion was like, I don't know. I think they wanted to say something like, is Google committed to this? And I think they kind of say that with financial mm. loss. And I think they just kind of got lost. The person writing this was like, let me write something about their enablement pro- programs for migration, which I'm actually somewhat familiar with. And I was like, eh, this isn't like, that is not a problem. Like we, like we know what the programs are. Like, that's not like, I don't know. That doesn't, that doesn't seem to rank high on my list at all. Right. I was like, but the financial losses I kind of get. And then of course, my, Microsoft is sort of, what did they say there? They said, you know, they kind of, um, if you will, I guess the other thing they do, they give credit to AWS for being so clear with its financials and they kind of ding everybody else mm. for, for like hiding revenue with other things. And that's a, a, across the board. So I thought that was nice. I was like, yeah, good. Good job, Gardner. Keep saying that. See if we'll, they'll uh, get it. And then, um, and I think, I don't know, I, I guess, you know, Microsoft in a lot of ways kind of came at it with the most generic. I don't, I don't really leave there. I guess their strength was hybrid multi-cloud, but I didn't, I don't know. I didn't leave it, leave the report with any, you know, major like weakness. I don't know. Did you see anything, Kote? No, no. I, I think, I think that was the, the whole, the whole thing is that Microsoft's like the target of cloud. And it's just, and like, I guess maybe the biggest takeaway, if you were just like, say one thing report is like, they clearly, Oracle is really the only one that's moved. Like Oracle has moved over the last several years and they're kind of in the, uh, what the lower quadrant, their challenger. Right. So I guess if you're going forward, the question would be, does Oracle ever get big enough to get on par with GCP would be the next, uh, you know, kind of like one to, to, to kind of like take out, right? I guess if like this was a, a Formula One race, we'd be like, they're battling in the midfield. Can Oracle displace, you know, GCP in the top three? And I guess that will be the question going forward. Other than that, it seems like AWS and and, um, and Azure, you know, I don't, you know, barring something unforeseen, it feels like well, they're going to be solidified yeah, as one you, team for a while. You know, is there like, hmm, is there a reason for Oracle to care so much about like infrastructure cloud? Well, a lot of their business is SaaS, and right, exactly. They, so that's that's and, cool. and, and, and the, you know, there's money to be made if if <clears throat> if if they're not there, someone else will t- come there and displace their SaaS. Well, I think it's revenue probably, growth, right? It's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah. Like they know, like they look at AWS at like what eighty. 88 billion and they just like you know if nothing else they don't really want to be like well there, there's that but but like so with the SaaS stuff right i mean it's it's like 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 it's obviously they should care about like SaaS, but that's what right. i was saying infrastructure is just like so you could say like well okay you got to protect your solaris revenue and like uh, i don't know do you i mean no. you know like like and then and you could say like well you got to protect your your middleware and your database revenue it's like well yes. sure but like why don't you just like partner and run that on cloud? Cause I think like all those other people make tons of money. So you can set it, you could have a partnering relationship to like move that stuff over here versus yeah, like, but, but, but once your like, IS is over yeah. there, you can start. It's easier. It's easier to displace Oracle on AWS with RDS than it is. Yeah, if, yeah. if the public cloud, sense. if if you're already over on, on Oracle cloud, you're like, you know, Hey, uh, I'm going to, you know, you're not going to switch to RDS if you're on Oracle Cloud. Right, right. So so basically, if, if you're going to, uh, you could either say protect or ensure the best possible technology. Uh, sure, for, potato, for, potato. Right? For middleware and database and yeah. stuff. That, that means you also need to have some kind of infrastructure thing so that you can kind of keep people in the, uh, yeah. the community just, that you've built it's up. It's a new there. moat, yeah. Yeah. But also, I mean, you know, it's the part, like, I guess like, it's probably the boring part of this report, but, you know, I think it's probably maybe the financially, it's the thing that's most important is like, the money is still in, you know, compute, storage, networking, mm. and databases. So it's like, yeah. if you want part of that $88 billion that AWS is making, you better have an infrastructure as a service, you know, a solid set of offerings. And like, yes, everyone will talk about SaaS. Everyone will talk about all the services on top. But the money today, right, if you want that, go get that money. You have to have strong offering there. And so I think Oracle sees that, and I think they have invested a lot. And then that's sort of kind of what... 
you know, IBM kind of, you know, remains kind of in the, the whatever, the worst quadrant. And it's like, that's kind of yeah, what the they're saying. It's like, yeah, <laughs> they're just basically saying, you know, IBM hasn't made that commitment, right? IBM isn't going to get it. I mean, at this yeah. point, it seems like IBM's kind of, well, what is to IBM your point, they've kind of done what you said, Cote. I think they've gotten away from that. They're like, we're not going to play in this infrastructure as a service. We have it, but like, we're not as focused in on it. Yeah. I mean, IBM isn't, they don't have... Uh, for whatever reason, they don't consider it, they don't act like they consider it existential. I mean, Oracle, you can see, like, they have to protect their SaaSes. You know, they have to protect that money stream. And the smaller cloud players, you know, your digital oceans and like, they can do the IS stuff more efficiently or, you know, better, whatever. And software just kind of sits there without, like, really inspiring much. They need to, it needs to be tied to something that, you know, is core to IBM. What's yeah, and I think IBM? the quote here is perfect. It just says it, just what you're saying there. IBM Cloud has not yet found its competitive identity when compared with other providers in the market. Yeah. And it's like, Matt, you should just write these reports. I should write for Gardner. You know, I mean, that was, <laughs> you know, that was essentially, and it's like, yeah. And I, and I, but I do think there's something about you get, you only get so many shots at these things. Like we forget about all the people. Like there's only what nine vendors in this. Remember when this thing first came out? There was like 38 like people in this yeah. thing. It was like you needed a magnifying glass to read it. Now it's like we're down to nine, and it's like think about all the the companies that have left. And you know, you know, I don't know what will happen with Virtue the ones that, with uh, 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 the niche players, right? I mean, either they stay niche or they kind of fade away. Like I don't know, yeah. are any of them like really doubling down? Or is Tencent, IBM, like? Do you think they're going to make a big move up? Seems unlikely at this point. Like Oracle seems like the one that's coming, right? If anyone's going to do it, they are. Well, the, we'll the, see how committed they are too. They they seem to have the most fire under them, you know, that it's make or break them. Now, now you're reminded. Other people seem to have given up. Yeah. Did, didn't Gartner like four or five years ago like shut down this magic quadrant? I renamed it. I think it was IaaS uh, only. Because I, I thought then, I remember uh, Lydia yeah. Leung being like, yeah, "Yeah, we're done. You can you can turn off the lights." But this one's got to be so popular. I bet you they struggle. They're probably like, "This is probably one they should stop because it's only nine vendors, and we all know the rankings. Like we could just yeah. name it without seeing it." But like, you got to think this is one of their top reports that people look at, and also one of the reports that is licensed the most by the vendors. Right? I mean, yeah, like you're yeah. selling this to AWS, Microsoft, and Google every year. Like if you're the Gardner salesman, you're like, "Yep." I'm going to get three people to license this and they're the three largest companies in the world and they're going to pay for it. Yeah, so like, you know, like, yeah, they're just like the salesperson at Gardner does not want this report to leave. No, no they, <laughs> they, they just go to all these events and they're like, who wants sushi? I'm buying. And, yeah, and that's right. All right. Well, uh, you know, I, I think maybe so, you know, we listed those cloud providers that are kind of lower down there. I think one way that they might be able to uh, lift up their revenues is they should go after that Twitter account. Because I think there's a lot of changes and replatforming going there now. It might be good that Google has two ways of modernizing applications. They could bring that in there. But I think they're looking over there uh, in Twitter land. They're looking at a reverse microservice strangle uh, at last I checked. (laughs) They're going back to the uh, monolith. They're getting rid of the microservices. They're just like, roll all into one big old app. I mean, I think think the favorite, it's it's, it's very entertaining. Um, and, And as someone who's, you know, as anyone who's been around like enterprise software and, and, you know, SRE stuff and all that, just because every day you're like, what craziness are they going to, you know, is going to happen? I mean, this whole microservices thing, the the best thing I saw yesterday was, you know, someone betting that they could get Elon to try to fire somebody off of Twitter who claimed to be a Twitter employee. (laughs) It's like, like Hey, have you thought about, he like looks them up and then he can't, but he can't find them in the Slack. Yeah. He's like, I'd fire you, but you don't work for me. You don't work here. You're just, he just, and so he just kicks them off Twitter or blocks their Twitter account. instead. Probably. I mean, it's just randomly blocking people, just, you know, deleting tweets. It's like, what is going on over there? Now, my question about this whole thing though, like if Silicon Valley is like the comedy version of, uh, so, um, of it, you know, on HBO, it's the kind of, of like what goes on in Silicon Valley, but it's funny because it's like edges up so much to the truth. I kind of feel like this is the horror movie, but like it's interesting because oh, it's while funny, it's though. very extreme, like you recognize a lot of this behavior. Like you don't oh, necessarily yeah. you don't necessarily see it out in the open on Twitter, but you see it. Like there are a million people in co- corporate slacks right now, where like yeah, an executive has just immediately gone down a rat hole. They're like. What's going on with this? Like, I don't know. How come we're not it, using right? this library to parse? Like, like parse I just JSON was reading like, such and such. And, you know, I mean, like that happens. Like everybody who's worked in tech has had like somebody enter the chat and be like, 
I'm starting a day one computer science level, uh, level one. I'm going to do no research. I'm going to have no one explain to me what's uh, going on. And I'm just going to start firing off uh, messages. Uh, and they, and that they would say, because I'm trying to get the team motivated, that is just going to distract everyone for like the next three days, right? It's going to add no value. But it, so it feels relatable to me, right? I guess that's the whole oh, yeah. point. It was like, oh, it's like, now, of course, he's the richest person in the world. He's doing it on Twitter. He's even extra mean, I think, in a lot of ways. But I was like, oh, yeah, kind of jives with like what I see a lot. So it was like. I don't know. Part of me was just like, oh, this is interesting. It's like we're kind of like <laughs> it's kind of spilling out into the mainstream. It's like all this because like, there's all these TikToks of like uh, like a day in the life of a tech person and they're like sleeping in and they're just like whatever goofing off. I'm like, well, there's this other side, right? The dark side that kind of looks like this. And so I don't know. I don't know. Kote, like, am I, is that a, well, is that I, a I, take I, on it? No, I think I think that's accurate. I mean, I think it's perhaps uh, the 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 first large scale public example of that uh that uh that left column in the 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 westerum thing the pathological column and so fin- <laughs> finally there, there's a good a good case study that you can go through here. well because usually it's been tied up in the business world and and it doesn't touch yeah. consumers as much right, right usually right, we're right, like right. oh did you hear what jack welch said or you know uh jared diamond or you know whatever um and and instead here it's like well you know a lot of consumers are touching this and you know, they're, they're learning about concepts like, you know, SREs and, you know, <laughs> and, yeah, and, and, and also like, you know, usually, you know, things are so minor that uh, no one even cares well, enough, to see, enough to see someone to bring... do something in public you know, at, at, at a regular right? company. Yeah. Whereas in this case, it is uh, much more interesting. And, but don't you think through Twitter, the person that I fired on Twitter, I was like, that's like the person in the all hands who like gets up, raises their hand and like goes at it. Be like, I think this corporate strategy is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I don't know why we're doing it. And then like, this is like after the executive has said something like, hey, I'm really, I want to hear what you think, you know, bring it on. Tells, and it's like, you see that person do it. You're like, that's not going to end well. That person quietly leaves. And then, but we just watched it on Twitter. It's like, yeah, you take on your boss on Twitter publicly. It's like, you can be right. You can be a hundred percent right. And as long as that pays the bills or you have money saved, that's great. But that's going to end poorly. Like you're, well, you're and, like, and like you're, you are not, no company is going to tolerate that. So I was like, yeah. I was like the whole thing, the whole microservice is fun, fun to watch because that person seemed like they totally did know what was going on. And another person that didn't work there was like, look, Elon, I'd open up the debugger in the, uh, in the yeah, browser. Bro. You could just see the one call. It was like, that's trying to checkmate on the problem, but everyone's still getting fired. And sure enough, yeah, a few yeah. minutes later, I was like, that, that um, was, and, 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 well. and then, so what, what was it that happened there? There was some, some note that, uh, that there was, uh, thousands, was it 1200 like, remote calls, calls from a yeah. client back to the, uh, to the end, And then someone came along and opened up Chrome developer and was like, no, look, you can trace it here. There's one call and, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. you know, cause it does everything server side, which, which is fine. I guess, S- I guess. S- yeah. SR Elon doesn't do uh, blameless postmortems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's kind of where that comes from like this is kind of true this is kind of the real you know what i mean it's like when people talk about like oh we should do blameless postmortems and you go to the workshop and you're like hmm this doesn't feel like it really isn't the job and it's like yeah here it is like here it is out in the open right it's like oh yeah this is kind of what everybody i'm not saying it's good by any means listen i don't you know i don't (laughs) think anything like I can't imagine anyone, and this is the other thing, like you always like hear the management best practices, like you go to the training or the workshop or your company is talking about like having good conversations with your managers and like the richest man in the world is basically doing the 100% the opposite <laughs> has, of has everything that has ever started. been taught ever, oh, right? You know, yes. and it's just like, so I don't know, there's always like this weird dichotomy of like, well, the people that are really, really successful, they don't really do any of the things mm. that like you will often be taught, which is well, that, that's, that's a weird thing. That's one and of the things I've been. No lessons. <laughs> yeah, that, that, there, there's a few things I've been thinking about, like you know, more than just uh, enjoying the shit show uh, of, of this. And one of them you kind of touched on is that, like, it is. I think we talked about this last week, or I talked about it somewhere else. But like, it it is a good like ongoing, uh, real time, like you know, management theory, uh, especially in the software world, sort of experiment going on, right? Like, how how many of uh, you know, is this just an exception that proves the rule sort of thing? Or like how many of these things just like are not as universal truths as possible in either direction, right? Like like how it, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Like, for example, uh, I don't know, may, maybe it's okay to be a jerk 
Like, I, I, I don't, I, I hope not, but like, you know, we, we could, we could see what happens now. I, are there know, people who, who are learning lessons from this? Now like, the other, or, or the, the wrong lessons. And, and I, I think, think there is, I think there's a whole, like, listen, I think in the executive ranks, like if you just said, you're seeing a very extreme case, but this case that like, Hey, the company isn't working hard enough. Right. The problem mm. is people aren't, don't take it seriously. They're not working harder. I need people to work harder. Like, I feel like universally, if you pulled a bunch of CEOs, they would all be like, yeah, that's the problem I have. Right. And then to flip it around, because we're watching it unfold on Twitter, the employee side of it is like, well, like one, you just spent $44 billion on this and you care a lot. I am making a very nice six figure salary, but like the level of incentives here could not be further off. And then two, like, I think this is back to like the mission. It's like, you know, the idea of like, we all just need to work harder, but like on what and for like, what are we trying to do? Right. That's what you have to get right. And it's like, oh, as you yeah. kind of see the rollout of all these features, like I'm sure a hundred people are like, fine, I'll work really hard. I'll get it done. And like, as soon as it gets rolled out, you know, it's pulled back or it's causing all these problems. And I'm sure the people that did it were like, I told like, they're like, literally, I told you five minutes ago that we shouldn't do this. And this is the reason. And now you're making me pull back. And now you're making me work double amount of time. And then that starts to slowly erode, you know, the confidence of like the people working on this. Like, why I should I spend <laughs> eight? Like, you know, there was a one um, that one employee that was like sleeping at the office. And, you know, I think she wanted to do it, at least based on what she was saying there. But it's like, there's only so much like, you, are you going to sleep? in the office for the next three weeks to push something out to only have it pulled back, you know, immediately. Right. You know, that it, it, it runs out, I guess, is my point. Right. It's like, so this idea, and if you don't have these things figured out and people just keep asking for more and more and more, right. You, you kind of see the other side of like, well, this is why I'm, I'm leaving work at a sane hour and I'm not turning on my phone until the next day because it doesn't matter. Right. So yeah. You so like the, so the pull there. So this is a good example of what I was getting up with that jerk thing. Like, I mean, obviously it's not okay to be a jerk, but like, there, there's a calibration that I think, again, none of these things are universal, but it's just some some model you can pull out of your out of to have in your head of like where is the line of where being too to use the phrase hardcore is actually damaging. So, for example, right, like uh, as as pointed out by other people, like there's there's all sorts of other layoffs of many many more people at other tech companies that oh, kind yeah. of like you know suck but no one's like getting upset about it in the same way they are at twitter right and then also there's people who like there's advertisers who are pulling out from doing twitter stuff and and so it's kind of like well obviously this line of like jerkitude has been long past and so now uh, now the whole focus i mean i guess ironically there's a you know that concept of you don't want to be the main character of the day on Twitter, of right? Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And, and so right. it's like, Elon's like, I'm going to buy it and, and be the protagonist. Like, and then, and, and then that same, you know, the same thing as you were talking about, there's a certain amount of like, um, it's a big ball of different things, but it, it's kind of like trust and incentives that you have for people. And like, there's, there's like this magic equilibrium of trust and incentives where as an employer, you're basically profiting from your employees. I mean, that's the way the whole thing works, right? Sure. Like that your 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 employees are creating more value than they're being paid. And in the case of tech companies, way more value than than yeah. they're being compensated. And so like as as you're saying, Brandon, there's a certain point where you cross that and you're like and and the tech people are like, I was okay making these other people rich, but I don't want to make <laughs> you rich. Right. And so it's kind of like, so how we need, you know, this will give us some interesting like modeling of thinking about like, so if you want to get, you know, 7,000 people to help make you and your, your, you know, your buddies rich, like how do you need to behave uh, in order to do that? Which may be like a capitalist, uh, you know, managerial thing would be like, whoa, way to be cynical, linen. <laughs> no, but I think what or, you're getting whatever, at is like, like, you got to come in, like, you, I think you have to come in and be like, okay, how, how do I, you know, galvanize all these people together. And I think there was a separate scenario, like long past. It's not like you could do it now, but like just watching what we're trying to do, I think you could have come in and like, you know, like the latest email came out today was something like, you know, essentially I mean, it's kind of weird, but like, I get it. Elon basically saying, Hey, the company's changing. I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm essentially asking everyone to opt in. Right. You know, like that you're, I'm going to ask you all to work extremely hard. And I want you to be here because you want to do that. And if you don't, I'm going to give you three months of severance and you can move on. Right. And even, and it looked like somebody else wrote the email because at the end he was like, and thank you for your efforts. So it's like, if you roll back the clock, 
<laughs> and you just said to yourself, like, like to me, if you roll back the clock and you started this transition that way, is to say, like, I would, you know, you could have an all hands that said something like, exactly. Twitter, I've, you know, I've taken over Twitter. I believe passion in it, but like financially, it's not in a good shape. We're going to have to have significant cutbacks. The first thing I want to do is I'm going to let you all decide who wants to be here, right? Right. You know, that's first. So that would be first round. And the second round is like after we we get that, we're going to look at what you know how we're staffed and like we're going to have to do some additional cuts. No one would like hearing that, but it would be like understand. And then well, you could and, say, and then just to finish that thought, it's like then you could say like, what am I going to ask you to do? And you would say something along with like, I want we need to maintain the advertising business and simultaneously we need to build a subscription business that we're st- we're going to start taking Twitter Blue as it exists today. And we're going to start doing a lot of changes to that. And I'm going to try to get it to subscriptions to X, Y, Z, right? And just, you just tell people that at a broad level, that's what we're going to do. Who wants to be here? And then model the company that way. And then you start to lay out the plans for the subscription business. And you could push that team because at that point, hopefully you have the people left that like, yeah, I came to like yeah. push out a new feature in a Twitter blue every single day, week, month until it gets there. And it's like it could just be a more, you know, rational approach. And I think back to like this idea of like, you know, urgency and being a jerk. It's like you could probably get more done that way than you could just be like, I fired half the company. We we did this. We rolled it back. You know, I mean, it just it doesn't work as well. But yeah, Matt, you, it, you it went saying, around it all backwards. I mean, you know, Twitter was clearly built with a lot of people who kind of believed in the mission. If you had come in with a soft hand, you could have, you know, hey this is what needs to change. You know, we're in this together. Instead, it was like you people who have dedicated your lives to building this thing have done it all wrong. I know better. And just, you know, laid waste to all everything that was, you know, their culture. And so what is left with is, is a skeleton and, and, you know, skeletons don't have any internal organs and they die. Yeah. (laughs) They're dead. All right. But this brings me to the next question then. It's like, thanks, Dr. Biology. (laughs) Brought to you by Dr. Oz. No So this brings like, I think it's almost an uh, an interesting way to have like an open source discussion, right? Because I feel like we've had this like never like with this kind of like craziness, but like there's been a lot of times on the show we've talked about an open, a company that's making money around an open source project changes the licensing, right? And it creates a lot of, you know, um, yeah. distrust in the community. So I feel like, okay, well, Twitter, it's like, we're almost like it's consumer, but it's kind of something similar. So the other thing that people, all of us could do is just be like, Hey, it's, it's, it's time to move on. Like we, we now understand that like, we like the, whatever you want to call it, the, uh, the community of Twitter. Like we like what we have here, but we, the stewardship is, is gone sideways. So that's kind of my question is like, is, and I think the answer, like, I'm still betting on no, the status quo, like the company Twitter will still kind of like be the same. That's still my bet. But it did make me think of like, well, could, could a, a big community leave Twitter? And I guess the, the, uh, the contenders I came up with were like one Mastodon, right? Which yeah. pretty much has all of the functionality of Twitter, but has essentially, you know, relatively few users. So there's nobody there, right? So you have a kind of a, a collective action. And, and of course, most people upon seeing it, especially people that are not in tech will be immediately be like, it's totally confusing. I don't get it. And, you know, like all the journalists that complain about Twitter would rather write a long article about how it's, how it's too hard to use than actually learn how to use it. Right. So there's like no commitment to learn something new. So, but I'll put that on the list. And then you've got the other ones on here that I, I could come up, came up with this like, Discord and Slack, right? They kind of have this community vibe, but they don't have this public square kind of thing. So could they build mm. on some public square functionality or WhatsApp, somebody else threw out there as having a ton of users, a lot of group chats, and potentially, obviously it's owned by Facebook. Could Facebook kind of backdoor its way into some type of community? Um, so I don't know. Do any of those even seem remotely viable alternatives to Twitter? Or do you have something else in mind? Well, I, I think I think the uh, what, what do we call this scenario? I was going to say best case scenario. Well, OK, well, you know, the best case scenario is that, like, no one has to do anything. That's, that's, that's always that's <laughs> right. Which case scenario well. which be like, right, 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 right. You know, we will to- endure pain and every, those that don't like Twitter will complain about it on yes. Twitter, which is it's, ironic. It's, uh, in itself. But it's it's Cote's best case scenario of energy conservation. Is, uh, is is and relaxation and so so there's that but it seems like it seems like for our world like so I I I uh, I haven't used Mastodon for a while until recently and like I think I haven't done the analysis but I feel like I get kind of the same 
uh, what would you call it? Let's just say benefit. That's the wrong word. But I get kind of the same good feeling that something is worthwhile from both channels at the moment. Now, Twitter's a little bit more, but that's because I have like 11,700 followers versus 304 uh, well, and, and you've invested in it in all these years and right, you've right, curated right. how you use it. I think that's right. Mastodon now, just doesn't have the curation. That's that's that, what however, like uh all the I, I feel so far and uh, like all the people that I all the the interactions that I have in Mastodon are all with my target market. Yes. <laughs> so to speak, right? And so the leads and I, I'm putting this purposely in a goofy way, but the leads are good right and so like (laughs) versus like you know in twitter like there's some like japanese fashion person that has kote in their name and every so every now and then i like hear about what they're doing and there's like you know some uh some uk restaurant that has kote in their name where people go have brunch i've mentioned this before so they talk about how good it was and i'm always like wise choice uh, you know, reply, <laughs> uh, and and so like it could be that while there is a lot more stuff in in uh, in Twitter, it's sort of like you know if you went to Times Square and you started talking about like you know Elastic DB, it's not like you're going to make much money versus if you actually went to where your 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 community right was. right. And so I could totally see a scenario where, and again, like you know I. Whatever, I'll I'll dip into the talking about all this, uh, the old days. But like, that's that's how Twitter was in the old days. It was just a bunch it, of tech. It nerds. is how, and, and and so so in my Twitter usage, I, I use Tweetbot, which I have a ton of filters and mutes and and stuff like that. So it cleans up the experience, and I get the you know chronological timeline, so nobody's messing with you know the order I see things. But I, I use four columns and. Two of the columns I'm following like news items where, you know, yeah. I don't have any relationship to this person. They don't follow me. I don't follow, you know, I don't even follow them. I just have them in a, in a news column. And like all that news content is missing from Mastodon. Mastodon would just be the people right, 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 right. who I, you know, I'm following them and, you know, I'm, uh, you know, but I think friends this is, and, and what you bring up with, I think is the collective action problem. It's sort of yeah. like, if you took all the major news outlets, I mean, everything, I mean, everybody, I mean, everything, every, yeah. everything that you think I, I, is I get the news Wall from Street, those news columns. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. like, wa- like, like you could literally like, they could have a call, the New York times, the Washington post, uh, uh, financial times, Wall Street Journal, like all of them, right. Could be like, Hey, because I think in a lot of ways, it's like, hey, we want to have more ownership over the content and how we spread it. Let's collectively, you know, start moving to Mastodon. And also, too, when Mastodon, you can set up your own servers, right? So they could, if you will, almost by default, be like, okay, at, you know, Mastodon at NY Times, it's sort of like, you know, it's like, okay, that's a valid, if you have that account, you know, it's somebody from the New York Times or wherever. So, like, you could have this collective view of like, okay, everybody, like, but someone has to decide. Everyone's like, let's start pushing somebody stuff here. Somebody has to run. Oh, 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 hear me out. Right. Somebody has to run it, but there's also a moderation problem. Right. Right. Well, Mastodon doesn't have a moderation problem yet because they don't have, you know, there's yeah. no audience to spam. Um, it, it, do we think that the uh, Mastodon as a service is going to be at reInvent? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying that all the things you're kind of saying is like, well, I think the people that kind of like are incented to like the built, like kind of back to the Mastodon community, which I don't know that well, the people that built it, but I think you know, they could at least start coming up with solutions if they started to, you know, aggregate a bigger audience. You know what I mean? They would, it's like right now, it's like, you can't expect them to, you know, and this is back to the collective action chicken and egg kind of problem. It's like, well, you know, you can't solve all the content moderation if you don't have any of the users or vice versa. Like if the user, you know, so, so I think that's kind of back to like, and so maybe that's why Mastodon is like, while it's functionally pretty complete, it's kind of dead in the water because it's like, well, you can't do it. So then you're back to just picking another aggregator like who can maybe do a better job and so or slack or whatsapp or something else some i mean anything else it's like you know could you find someone to aggregate it better or would they just be like no i don't want any part of this uh this crazy show i think somebody will step in i think somebody will step in and try to do commercial mastodon and offer that as you know We'll do verification. We'll do blue checks for Mastodon and and run a like a clean Google seems for you. to me like I know Google is probably so scarred for their uh, what Google nobody what trusts Google um, Google Plus. What was the name of the, the yes uh, Google Plus Google Plus? It's like they're probably so scarred that they'll never want to make another ten. But like I was thinking to myself, oh, wow, man, like well, who would be run good at running Mastodon? Like Microsoft, Google, right? Could do it. They, they've got any of them. I guess any, but Google just right? seems like 
they're really good at this, like at running this kind of stuff. And they seem like they do have the ability, you know, the content moderation with like YouTube and like that. And it was like, Gmail, what? like they yeah. can detect spam really. Yeah. Well. So it's like, what if they, and what if like the middle ground was like, they're not trying to build something new. They're like, we're just going to run this really well. And cause I think that would have benefits for their search business. So I, I don't yeah. you know. Or, or like oh. Cloudflare or someone. They should do that, but I, well, I mean, I, yeah. I, I think I think there's there's two things, and 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 these these things were like, uh, well, one, our good friend over on the Cloudcast, uh, Brian Gracely, had his Sunday thing. He didn't call it a Twitter eulogy, but it was a pretty good Twitter <laughs> eulogy, and uh, you know, he he raised up a good point that that I've thought a lot about since uh, then. I guess it's only Wednesday as we record this, but. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it's probably more or less the case that like the direction of our uh, our beloved DevOps community and cloud community and all this stuff was driven a lot by the ability of all these people to talk in Twitter. Like, absolutely, I've heard the origin story of DevOps days like fifty goddamn times. Like, <laughs> and so it's shocking I don't remember it, but I'm pretty sure Twitter's involved somewhere. With, uh, you know, like talking about something. Uh, so. So there's that sort of thing of like, well, there's this actual utility function that this thing provides, you know, in theory. Now, I would, I think it still provides it today, right? In in the tech world, you know, in our little tech world here, right? And so if we narrow down to this, I think that our our overall tech world, I mean, the people who talk about managing high scale services can probably run a high scale service on their own. So you almost have a uh, did this happen in that Ayn Rand book, The Fountainhead? Like all, all the all the oh all the gosh. smart people run off and stand up their own mastodon. Was... So <laughs> like I think I, I think the, the appendix kind of... of Atlas Shrugged. The the, the chapter that got Oh it was Atlas I, Shrugged. No, John, Fountain. John uh, John Galt. The John, John, yeah, yeah. You're you're yeah, right, you're right. That was on the cutting room shore. She was like, ah, this yeah, I just not this last chapter doesn't really work. I'm yeah, really, you're right. The the you know. fountainhead's about that crazy ass architect or something. But uh <laughs> oh, anyways, uh I, I only know about this stuff because my my girlfriend uh at the time was way into it. Not not yeah. in a way nowadays that's creepy. She just anyways, whatever. So you kind of see that already happening, the sort of Atlas shrug thing where all these tech people are moving. So like you know, we could probably generate that same thing without losing much. And then also, more importantly, get rid of all the normal people. Like, and just kind of like, so you don't need your, your tweet bot filters and you can filter all that junk out, right? Right, but I think to a large extent, and, you know, that's what I think Discord and Slack have, like, it's right, not right, quite right, the right, same, right. but they've like all these public Slacks and Discords. Like, yeah, if you take the yeah. time to get into it, like you can usually find... I, the community right. that you want. I, I mean, I think I think that's that to use a Ben Ben Thompson word, right? Like like one of the benefits of of a Twitter and if Mastodon was big enough is just like discoverability. Just like because yeah. you don't have to like go to a Discord thing. And there's so many Discord things I joined. I went and cleaned it out the other day, where they stick you in one of these like gatekeeping channels, and you've got to like introduce yourself. And I'm like, I don't fucking know. My macaroni and cheese is burning. See you later. <laughs> right? Like it's just like I don't have time for that shit. Versus like, you know, in other in other mediums where you don't have that gating, it's it's a little better. Now, the second thing I think is like a little like hoity toity or whatever, but like uh to put it one way, like it's only been like a fortnight, like two weeks. And so that all this stuff has been happening more or less. And it's kind of like it like I don't know, maybe we don't need to check in every day, even though we want to. <laughs> and, and, and like, you know, I, it, it would, I, it might be fun to go read like the economist each week because it might be one of those times where the economist is like, as we were going to press a fifth <clears throat> thing had happened. So who knows, yeah. who knows 24 hours, like, but you know, also they can, they would uh, be able to summarize what happened in the last week. Now also what that, what I'm getting at is just like, yeah, sure. I mean, if you try out three different things during the week, but no one checks in until the uh, you know the retrospective at the end of the week. Then whatever, like you just tried out a bunch of stuff, which which leads kind of to like you know like I don't know I don't know if we need all this urgency, right? Like the idea that you would have all the news sites come over there and do this stuff is just like there, there's like uh, it's probably I don't want to I don't think the right word is healthy, but it's just like eh whatever we could stand to lose that urgency. We could move to a week cycle, not a big deal. Like yeah. And, and I think that also gets to the point that some people that I sort of ag- agree with that, that some of the commentators say is that like, well, I don't quite understand this point, but it's that like no one would want to recreate Twitter, which maybe as a business, that's the case. And I guess there's the risk of like, you know, 
getting like right wing populist people like elected worldwide and all this other kind of stuff. So you've got like a societal risk that you're taking on. But I think more importantly, it's just like, I don't think anyone like really wants this. Like, you know, they, they might, they might use it all the time, but like, it's clear from the number of signups you have, like the business and how it runs that like, yeah, people just want like Facebook. So they should do that. Like there's no, we don't need to. Or maybe just say, like, I mean, the other way to think of it is just like, we're seeing just like, because of Elon taking it over, we're seeing this really accelerated version of like maybe moving away from it. But like most of the time, this is kind of why I'm back to like, you know, I would just bet on the status quo. And like what normally happens in these cases, it's like, it's not like someone buys it and like, there's all this controversy. It's just like slowly people lose interest and it's replaced by something else. Like, you know, you know, right. and think about like MySpace being replaced by Facebook or Facebook moving to Instagram or Instagram moving to um, uh, TikTok or whatever. Right. So I think we're just it's just it felt like we were moving to something new anyway. Right. And that may be and it just may be like, hey, if somebody had the idea or has been thinking about this, like a kind of a different version of the public square that provides discovery and the ability to communicate, but it doesn't have some of the negative stuff. And I'm not saying that's an easy problem, nor do I say I know what it is, but like, there's just a nice place. Now would be the try to go the moment to go try it. Like to be like, Oh, this is the way I think we should do it. And if you did it, like you're, cause you're, you're almost given this compelling event. Now everyone's reexamining it versus like having to wait for Twitter to slowly die off. This is, this is another, another example of like the, uh, to try to give it another name, like the, 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 the jerk boundaries, like the, you know, the ad hominem like tax that you have. Like if, if someone crosses the line of like jerkitude, right. Then all of a sudden you got all this stuff to worry about. Whereas like, Previously, no one was like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll hang out here. It's great. We love it. And then all of a sudden, like, just this, this line gets crossed, and now it's a big, big problem, right? So you can, you can kind of uh, feed that into your model to figure that out. That, I guess you could use that positively. You could be like, if we really, we'd really like to end of life this product, but uh, I don't know if people are going to let us. You could just be like, well, you know, we, we, could, we could let uh, Gerald out of the box, and, uh, we can let Elon happens. manage it and see what happens. Uh, well, uh, you know, to that point, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Maybe, maybe in the next fortnight. It's the best soap opera on Twitter. It is. Yeah. I would say that is. It is just compelling. The palace intrigue is compelling to watch. If it's entertaining, if it is not um, healthy, it's still. Entertaining, I, I, and, I and then also, I think. I mean, maybe they, they already have this, but there's there should be just like, uh, you know, like a managed mastodon thing. That, that would be easy. I'm telling you, that's, you know, if not Amazon, somebody has to offer that because it's 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 money there on the table. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you got that going on. Well, you do, we ha- shot. do we have any bureaucracy this week, Brandon? Um, no major bureaucracy. I would just uh, like to let everybody know, if you'd like a sticker, simply email your postal address to stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com, and I will be happy to send you a sticker anywhere in the world. Of course, if you'd like to see more of us or hear more of us, you should watch us on the YouTube channel so you can subscribe. The link will be in the show notes. And then uh, just one thing I thought I'd grab from the Slack this week. People, uh, some people were asking, like, what's a, a replacement for Apple Podcasts? And I think most of us, a lot of us use Overcast. So we mentioned Marco Arnett, I think at the top, uh, maybe in the, the pre-show. So if you're interested in uh, another podcast player, if you're ready to leave the defaults lifestyle, I like Overcast. Mm. I use it quite a bit it's got um it's it's a little bit utilitarian but i think it's pretty good so if you, like you want to try something new try overcast it's probably beyond uh, apple Podcasts. it's the second most popular mm-hmm. podcast player for our listeners so check it out it's recommended by the slack users that that's a good example going back to our uh, our uh, our outlook and zmail conversation right even even in the rarefied world of people who would listen to this podcast like like tech people Still, the default thing of Apple Podcasts is the uh, the leader in clients. Although I have to say, compared to other podcasts, Overcast is very high for for our listenership. But it's just like, you know, it's you 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 use the app in front of you is uh, is what you end up doing, especially if you have to install another one. But yeah, it's it's a it's it's a good podcast listener. I I use it. <laughs> well, there's several conferences coming up. There's, uh, I guess, you know, hopefully you enjoyed All Day's DevOps, which was last week on uh, November 10th. And then I was just, I was, uh, I spent some time today submitting to a lot of different conference talks, uh, oh, yeah. conferences. And, uh, you know, it's always, it's always a difficulty finding them. 
so I, I just kind of uh, I found out here's a here's a pro tip for people who submit to talks. If you if you log into Sessionize Sessionize or Sessionizer, I forget, but if you submit to conference talks, you you know what I'm talking about. There's some option that's just like uh, open CFPs that you can go look at, and there's tons of them in there, all all over the place. And the great thing I'm about Sessionize, maybe yeah. they should sponsor our podcast, is that you can just uh, you can just uh, say submit a past talk, and then you're done. And uh, also, I'd like to um, you know know whatever, but like every now and then I submit to a DevOps conference. And they've got a good case study. This might be a good lightning case for a DevOps conference. They've got a good case study in UX design where you submit a talk and then it lists in your dashboard that you've submitted it. And there's an error message that always displays right after you submit the talk. And it says, don't forget to click submit to finalize your submission. (laughs) And I feel like like there had to have been a meeting where someone someone was like, where someone was like, hey, Hey everyone, um, this has been a great three-hour conversation that we've had. I like the solution we've come up with. Let's make sure to capture those, uh, take a picture of those sticky notes we have on the board. But has anyone ever has? has it, I know I had to go have a bathroom break there for a while. But did anyone suggest that maybe when you click the submit button on the original thing, you just submit the talk and they don't have to click it when they come back to this dashboard, so you don't have to give them that warning message? So uh, you know, there's that. But anyways. It, uh, if anyone knows conferences to submit talks to, uh, that would be great. I, I'm always looking for some. Also, there's that conference coming up in uh, Texas, January 15th and 18th. And you can get uh, 5% off, uh, which will buy you a lot of tacos, uh, if you use the code SDT when you register. And then there's the Cloud Native Security Con North America in Seattle, February 1st and 2nd. All sorts of other conferences that will start trickling in there. If you have a conference you think people would like to hear about, you can join our Slack if you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash Slack or look, click on the Slack link and uh, you could figure out which channel to use and come suggest one. That'd be cool. Uh, speaking of, uh, what's your recommendation this week, Brandon? My recommendation is uh, another HBO show. I guess I've been working my way through them. Uh, the White Lotus, so season two is out. So this is about you know basically a group of people go to a resort and Lots of crazy things happen. So season one was good. Season two, sort of a different cast. It was like a little bit of a slow start, but I've gotten into it. So uh, if you're looking for something to watch, check out The White Lotus. Yourself, Matt Ray, what do you have to recommend? Uh, <clears throat> uh, something I've recommended before, but all this talk about Mastodon and, and, and Twitter usage. Has, uh, I keep, I've pinged the, the tap bot folks several times, asking them to work on a Mastodon client. So uh, TweetBot... <laughs> is by far the best uh, Twitter client. Um, definitely worth paying for. Allows, gives you a lot of filtering options and whatnot. So uh, uh, TweetBot for macOS is my choice. Um, keep, keep the Twitter off the phone. It's too addictive, but uh, TweetBot. I used to use that. That was fun. And then they changed the API at some point, and it had something that I didn't like. They broke it, and they got fixed. So um, oh, okay. yeah, TweetBot is uh, pretty pretty... That's I, I. That's one of those apps that like I I reinstall every now and then, and because I bought it like 15 years ago, I I can just uh you know I don't have to buy it again, which is good for that. <laughs> there might have been a paid upgrade in there somewhere, but uh, uh, yeah, it's just the filtering alone makes it worthwhile. Yeah. Well, my recommendation. I know I'm I'm I'm. This is our social media episode. I'm a little late to this, but I recently discovered rediscovered the old uh, the old Bandcamp.com. Which, which is kind of fun. And, and there's two reasons why I recommend it. One, because it's very clean. Uh, and it's not, there's not a lot of jazz going on there. Well, there is jazz. No pun, no pun intended. Uh, not, not a lot of weird stuff going on there. But then two, uh, there's also a lot of like um, not obscure music. But I found, you know, I do, I do this little newsletter and I like to put little uh, music things in there every now and then. The embeds that you get from Bandcamp are the best. They're not like gigantic or big. They're just this little thin strip. And you know what they do is you click on the play button and they play the music. And so it's like perfect software. It does exactly what you want. So, uh, and also you can find like weird, obscure stuff in there, which, which I, I think is nice. Uh, Goodoldbandcamp.com. Check that out. Uh, and you can download MP3s. You still organize your MP3 files, Matt Ray? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I've got a few gigabytes of unfiltered stuff, but you uh, know I I here's a recommendation. 
question that I want is is uh, I would like some pieces of software that will if I point it at like a bunch of old hard drives, will like suck out all the MP3s and organize them in a Matt Ray approved directory structure. Oh, Kose. <laughs> and do and do deduplication. I started and writing that. that app. I started writing that app. It's taking a while. Because I I have like, I don't know, five, six, thirty hard drives from the past thirty years. Yep. You know, I've, that have lots yeah, of MP3s. Started that app. It is it is a gargantuan task. And so I just I just you know, because what you can do with, with with the photos app is you can basically just like import a hard drive and it'll just find everything. And nowadays yeah. the, the deduplication is pretty good. Like and so everything kind of works out, but I don't want to point my uh, Apple Music thing at a hard drive. I, I have, right. I have, because boy, the way Apple Music handles MP3s is just like I think they get they're kind of fucked in the head uh, over there. But that's fine. Uh, well, if if you've enjoyed uh, the show and you want to dig into more things, there's several things we didn't talk about. You could join the Slack channel, click on to uh, check out our recommendations if you forgot them. You can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com/slash387. Uh, which you'll find this episode, and then you can see everything else that's there. And uh, hopefully um, you've been following my advice and subscribing to this podcast, even if you don't use Overcast. In whatever podcast downloader you have, maybe you uh, have purchased a closet full of Raspberry Pis and you've downloaded some sort of Go, Rust, or Python library for uh, uh, RSS downloading and put it on a cron job that just subscribe to our podcast feed and downloads it every hour or so. And um, uh, maybe every hour would be bad. I don't know if Dan Benjamin's going to send us a bill for that uh, if there's too many closets. But, uh, you know, so maybe half a closet. You could set that up. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Could we just agree on, like, one calendaring system and one method across <laughs> all these meetings to, like, it's just, like, every single work item in life, from Montessori to, like, your funeral – has a date <laughs> things that must be delivered by that date who is responsible for it and fourth a status on any given day and just like we we should have that it's hilarious to see someone try to explain lotus notes to someone what are we talking about <laughs>